lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, welcome into a week two edition of Chargers Weekly. We are presented by Microsoft Surface, as always joined by Matt Money Smith. I got mine here, trying there to show it is. yours I off. It. I, I hold it here it. in my lap so I can get all my stats. See, this is the uh, Tennessee New Orleans game that uh, that I'll be looking at and we'll be talking about because we're going to look back, Chris, but we're going to look forward to. But I don't like the way you're shoving yours right in my face. Mine's you know right here being used. My, my placement is perfect right now. It is. I'm using Mine's it. not. You can see it. And yeah, uh, mine's that's terrible. What it is. Mine's <laughs> terrible. But every now and then I'll do this. As I read the stats, and then I'll be back on the screen. <laughs> every time, uh, every time you hit us with some stats, you got to flash it. Um, That's right. We're we're, we're, we're going to look ahead to Tennessee and uh, and put Miami in the rear view, but we do have to talk about it. Thirty six, thirty four. The Dolphins beat yeah, the we Chargers do. week one at SoFi Stadium. Uh, by far the most entertaining game on the slate week one. I think there were nine lead changes, two ties. Money, you and DJ called a, a gem of a game from a from a points perspective. Uh, there was a, a lot of good and definitely uh, a decent amount of bad. Uh, where do you want to start? I mean, you know, I, I guess you just pick a side, <laughs> you know, which side of the ball yeah. you want to start on. Because if you want to talk about the good, you talk about the offense. If you want to talk about the offense, let's start with talk, the offense. Well, we said it. You got to marry the run to the pass. And the, you know, when you're facing Vic Fangio, we look, we've got a Vic Fangio disciple that, that's, uh, that's the head coach of the Chargers. You know what it looks like. It's a lot of too high shell. So, uh, have the Chargers had issues with run defense in the past couple of years? Here you go. Uh, Vic Fangio, too high. And Kellen Moore is like, okay, I, I, you know, yeah, Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but if you're going to give this to me, Vic, I'm going to take it. And he went out there and took it. And, man, did he take it. It was impressive. And we have not seen – I know that, like, you know, as we're, as we're doing the broadcast, you're getting stats thrown at you. Our stat man, Steve DeSager, does an awesome job. And – He's, you know, most chart, you know, once we're creeping up, oh, first time they've had over 200. Last year they only had two all season. Here we are in week one, over 200 yards rushing. And then, oh, wow, now you, you haven't seen a total like this with the exception of the Cleveland game. And I said to Steven, one of the breaks, I said, it's so funny, like that's, that's the stat man mentality. Like wh what are the numbers? Where, where can I find, is this the most yards? Is it the second most yards? I said, for DJ and for me, it's eyeballs. We have not seen a rush attack look like this in years where, I mean, they are just getting anything and everything they want. It's not about the total numbers, not about the 233 rush yards. It's not even about the 5.8 per. It's about the holes. It's about what Jamari was doing, what Zion and Rashawn were doing. And really, when I went back and, and, watched, the, and watched the film and watched the, the game back, you know, on the, the coach's film, when you can just kind of slow things down and check out different angles, and I, I enjoy doing that. For people that don't know, coach's film, you have a sideline view where you can see all 22 players at the same time. It's a little bit far away, but you can see how the play shakes out. And then they have two end zone cams, one from the back side of the play and one from the front side of the play. And man, when I was watching that backside end zone cam, I have not seen the Chargers tight ends block like that in years. And, yeah. you know, we talked about Gerald Everett, Chris, and how good of a receiver he is and how he beats man coverage regularly and things like that. Gerald blocked his tail off. He had a, couple, he had a clean out block on Jalen Phillips on that 55-yard run. He drove him into the ground. And, I mean, I was like, damn. Uh, you know, Kellen, and, and I think that speaks to the offensive coordinator, right? I'm sure he says, this will not be tolerated. In this offense, you are expected to block and to block effectively. Uh, McKitty had a killer block. I think it was also on Jalen. Uh, Everett had a great block on uh, Bradley Chubb. And it's not like he needed to do that because Rashawn Slater pitched a freaking shutout on Chubb. Chubb was non-existent in that game. Yeah. So... I'll start there, Chris. I don't want to take it all from you because there's a lot to celebrate on offense. But to me, that's what really stood out. The runs were great. Eckler and Josh were great. But really, man, the tight ends, Parham had a couple. They really, really blocked well, as did the offensive line. So Kelly and Eckler both with 16 carries. Uh, Eckler, 16 for 117, including that 55-yarder. Josh Kelly, 5.7 a pop, 16 for 91. Every 
rush that Joshua had seemed to just go for positive yardage and, and go for a for a big clip. I was so impressed with the way that he ran and you know, I, I've said it so many times, you've been on his bandwagon for a couple of years now. We've just been waiting for him to be healthy. And uh, that's what you get with a healthy Joshua Kelly. I, I think everybody expected the, the Chargers to go deep, to go vertical. We know Vic Fangio was going to take that away. Uh, Keenan Allen uh, w- was another guy who we just, you know, this is what he does. Uh, six for 76, uh, nine targets. We know that Justin is most comfortable with Keenan Allen. Um, very quiet from Quentin Johnson and Joshua Palmer and Mike Williams. But that was kind of how the game shook out. That's what you know it, it dictated in terms of getting the running game going. Yeah, and you're going to give it to me. I'm going to take it. You're, you're going to take it. So I think it shows that this this offense can be multiple. They can be uh, diversified in terms of running the ball when they need to. And uh, we know that Justin can get it to his weapons uh, when uh, he needs to as well. Uh, Miami, though, they moved the ball up and down the field. Uh, starting with that opening drive, the Chargers got very lucky when Tua fumbled, and uh, and they recovered, saved the touchdown. Um, that, that that was the the bad side, and and we knew you're not going to stop Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Tua in, in this Miami offense for four quarters. It's just it's what they do. You know they have speed all over the field, but it was concerning. 36 points, 536 yards, 466 passing yards by Tua, and Tyree Kill basically doing whatever he wanted, 11 for 215. It, it was an eye-opener, Money, because we, we've talked about that Week 14 game and how Brandon Staley game-planned and how it was masterful, and th- that was a big reason why they won that game in December to help propel them to get into the postseason. Uh, Brandon Staley even said last week, this is going to be a completely different game, different personnel, different coaches, and he certainly was right because that, that Tua performance that we saw Week 1 very different from what we saw last December, 466 yards. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure out how to do it here. Yeah. It, it was just, it was confounding. I, I could not make any sense of it. And when you went, when you go back to watch it again, it's just, it's a horror film. I mean, it is, it is a horror film when you watch it. You, you know, they're, the corners are lined up to play press but their hands are at their sides and they never get their hands on the guys. It's like, okay, if you're, what happened to last year when every time the ball was snapped, these dudes got jammed at the line of scrimmage. You know, I can't tell you how, when you go back and watch how many snaps you'll see, you know, either Jossier, mostly JC, JC had a terrible game. There's just no way to sugarcoat it. It was brutal, but you know, the guy's coming back from an injury and maybe he just wasn't quite ready to be out there, but JC, we know, okay, this is press man corner, and you're going to be able to put him out there and assign him to somebody and just let him go. Well, they assigned him to Tyreek Hill, and it was a mess. Uh, and he's lined up in press, and he's got his hands down at his sides, and here's a little juke from Tyreek, who's one of the best, if not the best receiver in the game. He's gone. And JC's leverages were bad. He's playing outside leverage when he should be playing inside or inside leverage when he should be playing out. The secondary wasn't connected. Like, I, I don't want to say Derwin – it's because I don't know what the calls are, but based on what you see on on the film, it's like okay, I think he should be pushing Tyreek Hill to the inside, but is Derwin lost or is something not? And I think you just start asking these questions: Why are all of these great players not performing in this defense? Is it are they being asked to do too much? Is it you know when you're in cover one, and now you're in a two-high shell, and now it's a cover six where you've got Aloy with half the field and quarters on the other side, and now we're in a cover two, and Derwin's playing the slot, and now Asante's jumping out to the outside. I, just, I don't know what it is because there are too many good players on this defense for it to look like that. Um, just bad, sort of bad diagnosis and angles taken from JT on a couple plays. Kenneth... Again, some of the similar stuff we talked about in the past showed up again where you're just trying to figure out what's his assignment, where should he be, because I know he's not supposed to be there. I don't know where he's supposed to be, but he's not supposed to be there. There, there was a lot of that going on. Um, and, and so I wonder if you chalk it up to week one and the guy's not playing in the preseason in any games and just kind of getting out there and now the bullets are flying and it's just maybe a little overwhelming, but – I'll say that like the, my big takeaway 
is is and I would say this to Brandon and and you know he's coach is awesome he's great and he's so good to us and he's very upfront whenever we have a chance to talk to him before the broadcast and stuff buddy I heard and, your interview with him uh, with, with Petrus uh, I think yeah it was on, on on was it Monday it was on Monday and he's yeah. great he comes on every Monday no matter win or lose coach yeah. comes on with us every Monday and you ask the tough questions and he's good like that he's like look you got to be honest with yourself you got to figure it out and I. And I think it gives me an opportunity to ask the dumb questions because I'm not a football savant like DJ is uh, or like Petros is. So I can ask, I think, some of the questions that like sort of your average viewer would have. And it's, if Tyreek is doing that to you, why are you just not taking it away? Why not devote another body and just say, I don't care enough. I'm not going to allow this to continue to happen. And I said, look... I'd even I would approach it like it was a punt, and I would just put two guys right on top of him like he's the gunner, and just take him out of the play, and figure out if somebody else can do it too. And look, a lot there was a lot of somebody else. There's so much attention because Tyreek could not be stopped, but Durham Smythe had that huge catch on fourth down on a misdiagnosed play. Yep. You had uh, Jalen Waddle had some big ones. Like it was at Braxton Berrios had a huge one against Derwin when Derwin was lined up opposite him in the slack. It just, they could not get anything right. Like it was just, like I said, it was a mess from the start and I'll just quickly button it with this. If the chargers win that game, this, this is still being discussed, but not nearly no. as much as, Oh wait, I thought Vic Fangio was supposed to fix the dolphins defense. Wasn't, wasn't Vic supposed to fix it? And you're going to sit in a too high shell and watch them just gash you carry after – like that would have been the conversation. I don't know if that's the conversation in Miami, but I'm guessing it's going to be, hey, man, you better figure out how to get your run defense right because the Chargers made fools of you on the ground, absolute fools of you on the ground. So I think it's important to put it into context, you know, that these are two of the better personnel defenses in the league – and the Chargers offense was able to gash, you know, that, that Miami defense that's really good, and the, the, Dolphins def, the Dolphins offense was able to do it to the Chargers defense as well. There's 17 games in a season, and I, I hate to overreact to things, but this is what we do, right? Like, after a game, we break down what we see, and you, you push it forward to the next week. Uh, you don't go to the Super Bowl or, or miss the playoffs in week one. There's a lot of football to go. Um, the, the, just one of the more remarkable stats that jumped out to me, Muddy, was when we talked about Tyreek Hill. He was targeted 15 times. Like, so that just shows me that, that Tua saw looks that, that said, okay, I'm going to target Tyreek 15 times yeah. and Jalen Waddle five times. Ten yeah. fewer Tyree times. Tyreek caught 11 of those. Waddell. I mean, and it's, Smythe was targeted seven times. So, you know, it's just, it was just this huge drop-off where it's like, okay, Tyreek's the best player on the field. And I can get him the ball at any time, at any moment. And I'll say this about JC. I, I, I give him a lot of credit for, for battling back from that really tough knee injury. Like when we saw that knee injury, it, I thought it would be a very small percentage that we would see him opening day week one. That said, um, what happened before halftime? That has nothing to do with the knee Inexcusable. Injury. It's inexcusable. Inexcusable. It's inexcusable and it led to three points and you lose by two. Okay. Uh, the interception, great. Running it out and getting five yards, and then Justin getting sacked as one on that series, punting it away in the next play, you get burnt by Tyreek. Can't happen. Like, you have to know when to get down, give Justin Herbert, you know, the ball to 20, 25, whatever, and, and then let him engineer a drive down the field. You know, these are the little things that, that have nothing to do with an injury that I think hurt this team. They, and then They lost by quarter, two, Chris. That's it. They, they lost by two. He, he, he by gave two. them, JC gave them three points. He gifted them three points. And I look, it's Thursday when we're doing this. It's well past. He knows now. Yeah. But I'll just say what, you know, what I said in the moment on the broadcast, I said, that's one of the dumber plays you'll ever see on a football field. I, that was just my, it was probably a little harsh, but I, that was my reaction in the moment. And I think that's what everybody reacted. And that's what's called situational football. You practice it. And you know, the thing about JC that's so frustrating in that play is Bill Belichick does not tolerate stupid players. 
you know, he just doesn't. He he drafts smart players. That's what he wants. So, you know, <laughs> the guy is on the Patriots and an all-pro for the Patriots for a reason. Like, that's what's so crazy about that play. It's like, mm. how are you the guy that does that? You, you played with the Patriots for five years. Like, that's not what happens on a Bill Belichick coach defense, and it never happened to you on that defense. So how did it just happen now of, of, of all the times to show up? Uh, it was so strange. There's two seconds on the clock when the ball is snapped, and now there's zero. Uh, like uh, you know, there's zero on the clock when it's in the air. It doesn't matter if he catches it. Just let him you know, catch it. Four guys there. Let him catch it. Who cares? Let him catch and tackle him. It, it was and, it was not thrown to the end zone. It was it was Tua doesn't have the arm to get it to the end zone. So let him catch it. Big deal. Like it's just it's crazy. And, and then as you said, the now listen. That, that Derwin did that, I think, two years ago. It was either last year or two years. It was, it was one of those two where he intercepted the ball in the end zone and brought it out and ran out of bounds at the three. And you're like, come on, man. Yeah. You have got, and and that's, that's, the def, that's the alpha mentality of I could take a knee here, but I don't get these opportunities often. Let's see if I can get this thing to go 105 yards to pay dirt. And you just can't do that. You got to – and I thought Coach put it best. You have to you – have to, be able to, in the moment, in one second, less than a second, assess what's in front of me, where am I at on the field. I'm in the corner of the end zone. There's two Dolphins in front of me. They're one of the fastest teams in the league. This is going nowhere. Take the knee. If you're in the center of the end zone and you're like, you know what? A lot of green and straight in front of me, and I might be able to make a couple cups. Okay, that's fine. But again, think about it. You've got to be able to process and be a smart football player, which JC has got to be because you don't get to play on the Patriots at that level for that many years without being smart. And Money, if you take JC out of it in the fourth quarter, because I, I think by the fourth quarter, JC wasn't on Tyreek. He's out of the game. He should yeah. have been out of the game at halftime. Yeah. Jasir Taylor gave up a big play to Tyreek that set up the touchdown that was on Michael Davis. First of all, Michael Davis, I don't know if you could have better coverage. It was a, it was a fade to a small receiver who caught it perfectly and I think the only place that he could catch it. Uh, but saying that, it, it wasn't just JC. There were breakdowns in the secondary from a, a lot of different guys. And it, I think JC was the most glaring because of what happened before the half, because of that, that big he play got, after he got. Year. I mean, like, he didn't make a play. You know, the, the, the play that he swatted away was underthrown by Tua. Like, that's he was able to recover, you know? Like, that's that's the only reason why that ball wasn't completed for a touchdown. That was the big issue with J.C. is he could not – he couldn't play. Like, he it just – it wasn't there. To the third and ten that you're talking about, Chris, why is Jasir on an island against Tyreek Hill on a third and ten? That's what I'm – okay, if he's, if he's there and they're like, you know what, Jasir's a big guy and we – believe he's got the strength to jam Tyreek we just want to get him off his rhythm and then Derwin is going to sprint from his high safety spot and fill that you know fill that area of the field he's he stand again he's in press he's got his hands at his sides here's Tyreek he now busts and and gets outside Derwin's got inside quarters and now Tyreek's outside and Derwin can't get there it's like what it's a third and ten why is why is Derwin James 20 yards from the ball, first yeah. of all? I mean, I know what they're playing. They don't want him to break it for a touchdown. They're trying to keep everything in front of him. But it's just it's it's plays like that that you're just like, what? What am I watching? I, I, I hate to continue on this, but we have to talk about the pass rush, too. I, I realized Tua was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And, and he's Staley great said at as it. much after the game, right? He said the ball was out. The ball was out. But Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, zero quarterback hits, obviously zero quarterback sacks. Uh, the pass rush just wasn't there. And if this is the blueprint that, uh, you know, the, the Dolphins are going to show to the rest of the league, get the ball out of your hands. Like, at, at what point do we say to a, the, the ball was out too quickly? And there's certain instances where you have to generate enough pressure to affect them. Like, like where's the balance there? Because I, I can't have my two all-pro rushers – with zero quarterback hits in a football game uh, in which the quarterback throws for almost 500 yards. Yeah, I, look, you know, I know people like to, Charger fans like to puff their chest out about the Herbert versus Tua thing, but that's what Tua is really good at. Yeah. Tua is so good in that offense, and he is built for that offense, and it's what he did at Alabama. He is a quick 
processor. He gets from his reads. There are very few quarterbacks. It's Look, it, people will think I'm crazy when I say it, but no, it's Tom Brady-esque how fast he gets through his reads. And when you have – and this is where speed comes into play. This is what we talk about when you want players that are fast. So when he's able to process from left to right – and by the time he gets to the other side of the field and it's a three-by-one and he's now gone through, okay, Barrio, Smythe, Waddle. By the time he's at Tyreek, Tyreek's 10 yards down the field. And he's now created four yards of separation between himself and J.C. Jackson. And that all transpires in under two seconds. Under two seconds is what we are talking about. That's how fast Tyreek is and how fast Tua processes. No one's getting to him in two seconds. It's not happening. Yeah. So... I get it, and, and, and there were a couple times where you, you didn't – you got sucked inside. There was – I saw – I remember a play from Khalil. He got sucked inside. He needed, to, he needed to contain the outside, and he didn't. And Tua was able to roll out and get a big gain, you know, and throw for a big game. But, but to me, most of it was – this is what you're talking about when you say your defense has to be connected. It wasn't connected. The, 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 in order to get home – you had to jam those receivers at the line of scrimmage. You just had to get your hands on them, and they didn't. They almost never. There was one play where Derwin cleaned out Tua, or cleaned out uh, Tyreek, and I was like, can we get some more of that? Can we please get some more of that? I would have put Derwin on on Tyreek from the start, and every snap I would have jammed him in the chest every time, every damn time. Just jam him. Just make it tough for him. Get him out of his rhythm. And from the first snap of the game, well, the first snap was an offsides. From the second play of the game, there's a very odd Khalil is like he's he, he was sneaking. Right? It was I think it was Jalen, if I remember right. I don't know if it was Jalen. I thought it was Jalen Waddle. Where I he's Baldi, like Baldy did a breakdown. I think it was Tyreek. Yeah, I may you know what? Here, I got it right here. Let's it's uh let's look at it right now. It's one of the great things about uh our friends over at Pro Football Focus. We can do it. Let's see. Uh, Miami, we'll do that. And then we'll go to reports and we'll go to receiving stats. And let's actually, you know what? No, let's do this. This is how we work through it, folks. We're going to go to passing stats and let's go to dropbacks from Tua. And here it is on the first and five. Um, who is that? Let's see. Yeah, there's Khalil, there's Khalil sneaking out. And he's over the top of, yeah, that's Tyreek. And it's yeah, like, Tyreek, what Tyreek if, if Khalil if Khalil is going to go out there, if that's what you're going to do, then guess what? Knock him on his ass. Have him straight across from Tyreek Hill, and as soon as the ball is snapped, fire into him and knock him on his ass. Because at that point, by the time Khalil then, um, by the time it's snapped, He's too far to get to Tua, and Aloe is 20 yards behind. The ball is being snapped at the 27. When the ball is snapped, I'm watching the play right now off screen. Aloe Gilman is at the 45. He's almost he's 15 yards back. There's just there's nothing you can do. So that was just kind of one of those curious right? plays. Is the first play from scrimmage? Well, the first play was an offside, so that was the second play, you okay. know from scrimmage where Khalil creeps out over Tyreek and then doesn't touch him. And now you're 15 yards away from Tua. You're not even on the line of scrimmage to get after him. So what, what's the point of that? Like, that's just one of those. And I, I, I didn't see the Baldy breakdown, but I'm assuming that's essentially what he said, right? Like why? He said, yeah. He's like, he said, what, basically, what are we doing here? Like, right. Like the most explosive if, if, player in all of football. And Khalil Mack is like, why am I on him? Why am I here? <laughs> Right. Or if you're there, you know why you're there? Because you're going to punch him in the chest in the first snap of the game, and you're going to let him know it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. You know what? Maybe you're going to burn by me after I knock you back, but I'm going to knock you back with 270 pounds, and you're going to feel it. So, yeah, that's – anyway, we should – Okay, that was – that was our, our defensive breakdown. And, and again, it's, it's a different style of fight against Tennessee. We'll get into that. Well, before and that's get, the thing. Yeah. Before we get to Tennessee money, just quickly on Justin Herbert, 23-33, uh, 223, and a touchdown. Uh, 
didn't really have an opportunity to go deep. Didn't seem like they, they wanted to go deep because of maybe, I guess, how Vic was, was playing them. And they were getting the run all day. So I, I think they scored 34 points. Reflective of what they were given, right? They, they scored 34 points. Exactly. If you want to, for people that say Justin looked uncomfortable and he was getting a little bit, there was a little bit of that. Um, I, I think if you, if you want to be picky about it, the, the intentional grounding, I'm sure, is the one that, that he's most focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really interesting play because all of the protection slid to the right which means your hot read should be to the left on that blitz. He knew it was coming. You can see him creeping on the line of scrimmage. So it was just sort of a, like just a, 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 you know, a misfire of the synapse, if you will. Like it was just a very strange play. It's like, well, we've seen him make this play a million times. He's got the arm strength. He doesn't even need to set his feet. You want to bring a blitz. He's going to get it, even though it's 20 yards away to the hot read. And I think it was Everett who was out there or Parham on that play. But, it was just very strange um, because it was set up to do exactly what it did. And if you go back and watch it, yeah, the hot reads wide open and it's probably going to go for another 10 yards and get a first down. And for some reason he went as though his hot was going to be to his right. And Josh Kelly wasn't far enough out. And that's what derailed that final drive after the first completion of 10 yards. But other than that, I thought it was, you know, I thought he looked great. I, I thought there were some, some great throws, you know, that, that drive starter to Mike Williams. I'm like, all right, here we go. Now we're now we're rolling. This is this is going to be fun. And then you get a second and twenty, or you know, a, a sec, or first and twenty, whatever it was, and it just fell apart. From, and credit Vic Fangio, yep. you know, he brought the heat. He hadn't brought it all day. And then on that final drive, he's like, "Oh no, I'm coming." And if you can get pi- if you can get past us, great. But you're going to have to beat seven guys in your lap in or in order to make that happen. So, other than that, I thought he played great. We don't have enough of a sample size of, of Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator with the Chargers, but I think it, it bodes well when you see uh, the way they ran the football versus last year. And, and I think based on the opponent, um, how they're going to play offense, because we know that Justin Herbert's more than capable of getting the ball down the field. Uh, right. You know, Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer, very quiet in this game. Mike Williams, very quiet until the end. So I think week two, definitely going to be a different style, and we'll get into it right now. Hey, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at Surface.com. So, Money, week two, Chargers going down to Nashville, and this is two teams who uh, had tough losses in week one trying to bounce back. The Titans doing it at home after losing to the Saints in New Orleans, 16-15. to This was an ugly physical football game. I know you're watching the film right now, getting ready uh, to, and prepping for, for the Titans. What did you see on film? Well, this is kind of just going back to our last conversation, right, about the defense. This is it's a big one for Coach for, and the defense, because it's a completely different attack. Like, all right, you got crushed by speed and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and Mike McDaniel and all the creativity he had to come up with all offseason to get after you. This is now going to be a, you know, pretty straightforward. We're going to hand it to Derrick Henry and good luck tackling him. And in, in going back and watching every one of his runs, the Saints committed eight in the box on nearly every snap. They were, they were, they didn't care. They're like, you know what, Tannehill, if you want to beat us over the top, go ahead and try. And that's the kind of good thing about DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks. These are not fast receivers, so you don't necessarily have to worry about that explosive play downfield burning you. You can commit those resources to the box. And, and yet still, you look at it, and where is it? Uh, Derrick Henry, 15 carries. 63 yards, average 4.2, had a long of 18. Uh, he, he was doing Derrick Henry things. He's carrying guys down the field, you know, for three, four yards at a time. Just the interesting thing about it was, for whatever reason, they didn't stick with it. Brian Tannehill threw the ball 34 times. And those three interceptions, those were bad. I mean, they were bad interceptions. One of them was straight into double coverage, inexplicably the other two were just underthrown deep ball underthrown to the opposite sideline and easy pickings um it was interesting because it was all so much of it was and I get it 
Nuke Hopkins is awesome. The guy catches everything. His hands are a freaking – his set of hands is a vacuum. But I don't have the targets. Oh, here we go, yeah. 13 targets to Hopkins. 13 targets. Next up was uh, Westbrook Akine at seven. And then Traylon Burks had three. Uh, the two running backs combined for seven, Henry and Spears. And that was it. So let's let's get a nice big physical Mikey Davis – on Hopkins, let's shade some help, bracket them, double them the whole game, and get after it and see if you can do the same thing the Saints did um, because that's essentially what they did. For the 13 targets, he caught seven for 60, a long of 16. There was no real damage there, and they just – it was a really, really bad game by Ryan Tannehill. It was yeah, it just – it was very strange to watch. And, and you know, if you're going to follow what Dennis Allen and the Saints did – they just threw. They had eight in the box the whole time. I mean, and and at times, Chris, right at the snap, that safety, that single high safety, was sprinting into the box to make it nine, and you just kind of had your your outside corners manned up on on Burks and and Hopkins the whole time. So, I would suspect you're going to see something very, very similar from Brandon Staley, and you know, I would expect to. I would expect to see a, a really good defensive performance. I, I think this lines up pretty well for for them, for the bodies they have, for the health that they have right now. I'm thinking that this should be a good one for the Chargers. Tannehill with three interceptions. They were two of 12 on third down. So the, the Chargers defense, honestly, Miami didn't get to third down as much as uh, – That's the thing. <laughs> like the third down stats against Miami look good, but it's like, yeah, they really didn't need uh, – they, they had 20. And that's the funny – like I said, that's the thing about that game is if the Chargers just win the game, the warts are covered up, and we're talking about Vic Fangio. We are talking about – Okay, this Vic Fangio defense, teams have figured it out. They're just going to run. And if you have a good O-line and a good running backs, they're going to destroy you on the ground. And that's what they, that would have been the conversation today. But instead, it's Brandon Staley supposed to be a defensive genius. How are you going to give up 536 yards and the most yards in the history of the Chargers out of here? And, you know, all, and, and they had 20. The reason I bring that up is because uh, the Chargers had 27 first downs. The Dolphins had 28. Like, these, these two offenses were just it, – it was easy for them. So that's why, you know, like you said, third down, they were 4-9. and nine. But, they, again, we're not looking back anymore. We're looking forward. No, and, and you have to because, again, this Tennessee team is very different. I, I think defensively, they're – I mean, led by Jeffrey Simmons, man. Derek Carr said it was the most physical game he's played in in a decade. Uh, they beat him up. I don't know if you saw the mic'd up. Uh, he got destroyed. It, I think he it was did. a late hit and got back up and, you know, the dude acknowledged it. Hey, I hit you late, uh, but but Derek Carr he was getting battered in that game. So I think protecting Justin Herbert, the, the Chargers did a really nice job of doing that until the end of the game. Uh, the, the two of twelve on third down, the zero of three in the red zone for the Titans. Uh, the Chargers can't just can't allow the Titans to do what the Dolphins did on the outside. Now they don't have the speed, but DeAndre Hopkins thirteen targets, Tyree Kill had fifteen targets. You don't want to have uh, Ryan Tannehill lock in on DeAndre Hopkins and and he have a day. And then it opens things up for Derrick Henry. So I, I, I think this will be a great test for this Chargers defense to see if they can stop the run led by Derrick Henry. You know, Spears, the rookie there, gives them a nice change of pace. Uh, but Tannehill, what Tannehill are we going to see? Are we going to see the guy from last week? And, you know, the, so. <laughs> the, the interesting thing about this game, Money, is that the Dolphins and Titans played the Chargers back-to-back last year. So Mike Vrabel... It's very fresh in his mind what happened to his team when Malik Willis was in for a majority of that game, and, and they nearly won it. Um, so Mike Vrabel, I think one of the best coaches in football too. He's going to have his guys ready, and uh, I think that the fact that they have a lot of their horses back this year, uh, as, as opposed to you saw the injury list last year in December, um, this is going to be a very tough game for the Chargers. Chris, when I put – my when I did my prep and I put what's called my board you know when you're when you're in a, a football game you have what's called a board and has all the yep. players offense and defense there were from last year's game I still had my board from last year so I pull up you know so oh, can I save some time here and just copy and paste eight eight players from last year's defense are on this year's defense and it's not because of free agency <laughs> it's because Everybody was hurt. 
and there were a ton of practice squad guys out there, and they still held the Chargers to 17 points. Now, you saw what that offensive line looked like yesterday with everybody healthy. Let's not forget, in that 17-14 game, the Chargers were playing with a ton of backups, specifically along the offensive line. So when you're watching Rashawn Slater pitch a shutout against Bradley Chubb, this is, this is one of the better fronts they're going to face. Uh, it is. And last year, they wrecked shop on Herbert. He threw two picks. Uh, he got sacked three times. And that was without Harold Landry. Uh, Simmons was in that game, but that was it. No Danico Autry. Like they, I don't think Danico Autry was in that game. I, I'm pretty, anyway, there was like the guys are back. The, the, this defense is now, is now whole and... Landry's, Landry and Simmons combined are a load. So this is where we're going to see, you know. And look, um, when you're talking about the, the, the Dolphins, that's one of the great takeaways, like I said, from that game when I brought up the, the offensive line. Christian Wilkins, one of the best defensive tackles in the game. The guy had 98 tackles last year from the interior. 98. He had three last week completely ineffective because either Zion and Corey or Jamari and Corey were all over him. They're going to have to do it again this week against Jeffrey Simmons, and he's even better, and he's a much more upfield player than Wilkins is. But they shut out, absolutely pitched a shutout for Sean Slater against Bradley Chubb. He had nothing. I'm looking at it now. He did, he, he's not in the box score. Bradley Chubb. Not a pressure, not a hurry, not a hit, not a sack. Welcome back, Rashawn Slater. So hopefully that's where you'll see. I would assume they're going to be moving Landry around a little bit. Um, But old friend alert, Arden Key. We remember what he did last year in Jacksonville. We remember what he did in Oakland. So he had a heck of a game last week uh, against the Saints. So you're going to have to deal with Arden Key, Tier Tart. Like they've got really good front seven players. Um, that are healthy this year. And it'll be another test for the offensive line. But thankfully, I think it might be the strength of this team. I think it might be the best group of of any. As good as the receivers are, the running backs, you know, quarterback, take that out of it because it's just one player. But I think the offensive line might be the best grouping of of any group on this. And um, and the defensive line is the best thing that the Titans have going. So it's going to be much like the offenses were trading blows last week. It's not as sexy, but that's... It's going to be a fun matchup to see who gets the edge here between that offensive line and that defensive line group. Arden Key, a sack and a half, two quarterback hits. Uh, he, he's one of those new additions a- across the front. I remember Chris Long a couple days ago giving him props, saying, dude, Arden Key was a problem in that game against the Saints. Um, if you look at – He's very he, long. Yeah, he's a long dude. And Jeffrey Simmons, I think, is, you know, safe for Chris Jones he's and Aaron joke. Donald, dude. He's a He's yeah, it's freak. a joke. It's a joke how big that guy is and how fast he is. I think his first career game came against the Chargers a few years ago. It right? was. Right? When, when, uh, and that was actually was. the game where Ryan Tannehill started, went on that run, and the Chargers and Titans, I think, were both like 5-5 five and five at that time and just kind of went in different directions. But Jeffrey Simmons probably should have been a top-10 pick. Uh, went, slipped in the draft, and uh, he's arguably, you know, I said, say for Aaron Donald and Chris Jones, uh, maybe the, the best defensive he's up tackle. There in the league yeah he's Uh, up there if he didn't have the knee injury a little bit of the off the field stuff caused him to slip but he's incredible and and you said it Chris it was his first game destroyed the Chargers yeah that was the Melvin Gordon fumble game like nine times at the at the goal line that would have won him and Austin was in I contend that he was in it was it was BS that they didn't give him that touchdown on that run and the Chargers should have won that game and who knows who knows what could have happened um but and you know what Long term, it's a good thing they lost that game and it fell apart because that's what gave him the sixth overall pick. And Justin Herbert is a uh, is a charger, so we'll take you it. You know, maybe thank you, uh, Melvin, for the fumbles. And um, but Simmons, great. And I'm just I, I want to make sure I get it right, so I'm going to pull it up. Um, want to make here, here we go. Get my fancy uh, get my fancy uh, Microsoft Surface here with all of my um, yeah. You mentioned it, Arden Key. Uh, had the sack and a half. Danico Autry, like I said, I don't think he was in that game last year with a sack and a half. Simmons had the sack, but then you go through the quarterback hits. They had eight quarterback hits. Danico Autry had four yeah. himself in that game. 
So that's the concern. Here's, here's the one thing you talked about, you know, Khalil and Joey and no pressures. Andre Dillard, who I don't know why they signed him to a big money deal. He couldn't crack the rotation in Philadelphia despite being a first-round pick. He had a rough go. That, that's, that is, uh, you know, I say it repeatedly, you know, find the Cheeto. He was the Cheeto because uh, here's your numbers on Andre Dillard from last week. Four pressures, three hurries, quarterback hit, and a pressure rate, 16% is what he allowed guys lined up opposite. 16% of the snaps, there was a pressure on the quarterback because of him. So mm. that's, go get it. You know, go, and you know what? The, the O-line was not great. Uh, Skaronsky, our friend uh, from Northwestern, your friend from Northwestern, first-round pick, um, played pretty well. Gave up a couple pressures, though, and a sack. So take advantage of the rookie. Take advantage of, of a leaky Andre Dillard, and, and let's see if we can get, you know, Khalil Mack, Joey, Thule's first career sack. Let's get a little bit of that going. Well, let's spin it forward to this injury report because uh, we're taping this on a Thursday. Wednesday's injury report, Joey Bosa did not practice with a hamstring. Uh, I don't know what the severity is in terms of his availability, so keep an eye on that as we tape this. Austin Eckler, and ankle, did not practice. Also personal reasons. Um, just uh, thoughts with, with, uh, with Austin and everybody yeah, connected agent. to his agent, Cameron Weiss, who, who tragically passed away um, at such a young age. Uh, Henley, hamstring. Did not practice. Kendrick's hamstring, uh, and a personal reason, did not practice. And Chris Rumpf, hamstring, limited. Everybody has a hamstring except for Austin's ankle. Uh, so the running game, it could be Josh Kelly's show. And, you know, I thought it was a little bit surprising. Isaiah Spiller was not active in week one. It didn't make uh, any but, sense to me. Yeah, well, he, you know, they, they bring in Jared Patterson, sign him to the practice squad. So that tells me that there's a chance that Austin may not play in this game. I, I don't know yeah. how severe the ankle is. Again, I could be proven wrong by Friday, and, and he's good to go. But uh, I, I would keep an eye on the Chargers rushing attack, and I think Joshua Kelly money, a big opportunity for him to have the lion's share. Yeah, and I would say a big opportunity for Isaiah Spiller because if if Austin's not going, Austin Isaiah's going to go. I, I, I do – I want to try to get to the bottom of that because I don't quite understand that. I, you know, Isaiah has got juice that the other guys don't have. Um, we saw that in that 70-yard run. Um, and I know I've said that about Elijah Dotson as well, but like we talked about, Elijah's more of a depth piece. Um, so I don't – because the guy – it's not like he took any snaps. You know, he didn't take any snaps in the game. So there's something more to that. I don't know what it is. But I, if, if Austin doesn't go – Isaiah's going to be up, and he's going to be the next guy in line. I, I would be absolutely floored if that were not the case. So, now one thing to remember. This is not Vic Fangio's defense. This is Mike Vrabel's defense, and it's the best run defense in the league. Yeah. So, you're talking here. Let's, uh, let's, get, let's get back to it. What he did, uh, 27 carries, 69 yards, 2.6 per. Jamal Williams, 2.5 per. Uh, the only thing that made that a little bit more lopsided was Shahid's two carries for 11 yards. Outside of that, uh, Carr had to rush it three times for four. Taysom Hill, three for four. Just nothing. Absolutely nothing out there. So you're going to have to make your bones in that passing game to, to get this thing to open up a little bit, and I expect him to do that. And this will be, this will be maybe the game where we start to see Quentin Johnston and, uh, and Joshua Palmer get a little bit more involved because of right. how the Titans play, and you said it, they're rushing defense, one of the best in football. If you don't have Austin, uh, it's going to be a tough challenge for, for Joshua Kelly. And, and you know what? Frankly, it's, it's an opportunity for Isaiah Spiller, I hope. You know, if you're not going to yeah. get many of them, you've got to take advantage of what you get. And if he's active and can go, you hope that he can be productive. And, buddy, I'll just go back to the, to the Dolphins game and really the Saints-Titans game, 16-15, to 15, right? 36-34. to 34. Uh, We talked about the J.C. Jackson play. There are literally like a handful of plays that will decide football games. Uh, this is a billion-dollar industry. This is uh, something where each week counts towards whether or not you're going to make the playoffs. Uh, you can't make mistakes. You can't turn the ball over at inopportune times. You can't have a pass interference right before the half. Uh, this team obviously needs to stay connected and play good football, but they have to be smart, uh, especially against right. a team like Mike. Mike Vrabel is one of the best 
coaches in the NFL. He's going to have his team ready to go. You can't make mistakes against the Tennessee Titans because they'll make you pay. No doubt. Uh, and, and again, they grind you. They grind it out. They damn near, you know, would have been the Chargers' first-round opponent with a third-string quarterback. I mean, they yeah. probably should have won that game last year against Jacksonville in Week 18, and we should have gone to Nashville, and who knows. But point being, they're going to make you work for it. They don't get blown out too often, you know, and, and so to, to think that you're going to roll in there and run rough shot over them would be something. You know, the Chargers have the talent to do it, but it just rarely works out that way with the Titans. So just be prepared to dig in. And look, it may sound like we're overreacting from one game. It's not an overreaction to the record. It's not an overreaction to the loss. It's just an overreaction to how it happened and, 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 you know, and, and why we continued to watch for four full quarters sort of the same issue affect them. And, and there were, you know, no solutions. It was just frustrating to watch. You know, last year, the Bengals started 0-1. and The 49ers started 0-1. and They both made the conference championship game. So it's one week is not that big of a deal. It's now two weeks with two completely different styles of offense. If it's another defensive issue, that's going to be a concern. It's like, okay, so the speed – and the quick passing game got you, and now the beat the hell out of you up front, we're going to bully ball you, got you as well. Like, that would be a concern. So, I, you know, and, and you just look what you just rattled off. Starting defensive end, third or fourth defensive end, or I should say edge. Starting edge, Joey Bosa hamstring. Chris Rumpf, edge, hamstring. Middle of the field, leader of the defense, green dot, hamstring. One of the most athletic players, you can put them all over the field. I would have suspected we would have saw a lot more Dayon Henley in that game if he were healthy um, based on how that particular you know, group was going with the linebackers. They, were, they had a rough day, hamstring. Austin Eckler, one of the best weapons in all of football, ankle. Like, you know, it could be a much tougher sledding. It could be much tougher sledding than we thought based on the injury report that we're looking at, if this thing doesn't change in a hurry by the time Sunday rolls around. What's going to decide it on Sunday, buddy? We talked about so many different things. Obviously, a a much different style of fight than what we saw against the Miami Dolphins. And again, we rattle off all these things. This is all we got uh, in terms of uh, a sample. Uh, That's why you overreact a little bit to week one, because that's all we got. We got to move it to week two. And then if good or bad, indifferent, We'll, we'll exhaust what happened against the Tennessee Titans. It'll, it'll be decided up front. You know, last week was decided in the secondary, and the receivers, Miami's receivers, were, were able to get the better of the Chargers' secondary. This is going to be up front, both sides of the ball. Does the offensive line establish? Do they get the push? Are the Chargers able to run and then set up play action and take advantage of that? Uh, and on the defensive side of the ball, are you able to, you know, mind your gaps, play smart, attack, tackle, you know, gang tackle. Somebody's holding up Derrick Henry and, and the rest, you know, arrives in time before he's, he's breaking off and, and wrecking a game. So that's, that's where this game will be won or lost. It'll be O-line stopping that incredible defensive front, and it'll be D-line making sure that Derrick Henry does not, you know, have a chance to, to give the, the Titans a 35-minute time of possession at 25 for the Chargers. So that, that to me, is, is how this thing will play out. Yep. I think the, the Chargers need to match the physicality of the Titans. That starts up front. And I think Justin Herbert, uh, he's got a, a plenty of weapons on the outside. If, if the Titans bottle up that running game and that rushing attack and it looks different than what we saw week one, I think Justin has the capability of getting it to his, uh, his playmakers on the outside. And uh, they're going to have to score and not make mistakes. I think the Chargers right. have done a great job in terms of uh, taking the ball away. If you go back to Jacksonville and Miami, that's what's remarkable about this. They're plus seven in the turnover differential. You know, they didn't turn the ball over in Jacksonville yeah. or in week one of Miami, plus seven and lost these games. So it, Two it's, losses. It's just, can't happen. Not, it can't happen. Cannot happen. Can't uh, happen. But, but this, is, this is a big test. And I, and I think the defense... If yeah. anything, I think they're they're champing at the bit to get out there and, and prove that that's not who they are this year. And uh, it, it would be a heck of a way to to get your first win in the AFC on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Get to one and one, and then focus on Minnesota. Yeah, yeah get to one. Look, Coach Lynn used to say this, right? He he talked about, and it was a Bill Parcells thing. Quarters, 
seasons and quarters. And I know we have 17 now. Still a chance to finish this quarter three and one. You finish every quarter three and one, guess what? You're 12 and four. I mean, you're, you're winning the division. So it, by no means is, is it over because of that week. It, it was just frustrating the way it happened. It's not the loss. The Miami's a great team. They're going to make the playoffs. They're, they're a really, really good team. And the offense was able to beat a defense uh, with Xavier Howard and Christian Wilkins and Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland. Those are good players. And they wrecked them for 34 points. Not, not a huge deal. Uh, the loss was uncomfortable to see. But get a win here, uh, take advantage of Minnesota in, in week three, and then beat the absolute hell out of the Raiders in week four and, and go three and one. And you're feeling great through the first quarter of the season. Real quick, what would you make of the rest of the AFC West? Obviously, the Chiefs, uh, we taped that podcast Thursday morning. They lose that night. Uh, Raiders and Broncos, yeah. just an ugly game in Denver, 17-16. I think that was the final, right? Uh, Jimmy 17-16. Yeah, you know, Garoppolo to Jacoby Myers, you know, was uh, was what it was. And, and that's, you know, DJ talked about this repeatedly. He's like, you know, Josh McDaniel has decided that his coaching fate will be one with players that he's comfortable with that fit what he wants to do as opposed to talent. Darren Waller and Derek Carr are more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers. But Jacoby and, and Jimmy do what Josh wants them to do. They know what he wants and they delivered, you know, and it wasn't pretty, and it was a win. And that's what people keep saying that, that you know, Garoppolo does. Um, I rarely root for the Raiders, but I did want to see Sean Payton humbled a little bit. He got a little too loose with his mouth yeah. in, the, in the preseason. So it was kind of nice to see a not very good Chargers – or not very good Raiders defense limit him to 16 points, the offensive genius, to 16 points. So uh, that part was kind of fun. I think I think if you were to say, hey, uh, worst case scenario, the Chargers start zero and one, the Broncos and Chiefs are two and zero. Uh, best case scenario, if the Chargers start zero and one, the the Broncos and the Chiefs are also zero and one, and the Raiders are one and zero. I'll take that yeah. when it comes to keeping tabs on the AFC West any day. Yeah, Raiders have the Bills in Buffalo, uh, an angry Buffalo Bills team, and then. Right. Uh, the, the Broncos uh, will take on the Commanders, who have probably the best yes. defensive line in football, and then the Chiefs Ooh. going down to Jacksonville. So uh, not an easy not an easy there week for the AFC West. Uh, buddy, this was fun. One and one. Yeah, th- this was fun. We will uh, we will talk next week. Hopefully the Chargers will be one and one uh, looking ahead to Minnesota. For uh, the great Matt Buddy Smith, I'm Chris Hayre. This has been Chargers Weekly, presented by Microsoft Service. Ooh.